You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Now, before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to The Authenticity Show wherever you get your podcasts. And please connect with us on social media. We would love to hear from you. And that came, of course, with a please and a thank you. Our guest today is the lion himself, Seamus Warnock. Now, Seamus was a guest back in, uh, I think it was episode six, a while back. But he's a good friend of all of ours for a long time. And we're interviewing him because he and Carlos and another one of the friends, Dean, recently went to Africa and they climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which is pretty awesome. And so we had Seamus over and Carlos is here and we had an amazing, totally unedited conversation. This one's a bit longer, but it was so awesome. There's just nothing to cut out. No fat to trim, baby. So check it out. So, uh, gentlemen, Jumbo. 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 Jumbo Buana. Habari Gani. Mzuri Sana. Wokeni. Habari Gishwa. Kimi Manjaro. Hakuna Matata. Simba Kichi Moja. Hakuna Matata. California Rockin'. Hakuna Matata. Bottom zinga, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Jumbo, Jumbo Buana, Ambari Gani, Unzuri Sana, Wogani, Ambari Bishwa, Kilimanjaro, Hakuna Matata. Danny on the box drum, Hakuna Matata. Pumping it out with friends, Hakuna Matata. Authenticity show Hakuna Matata Hakuna Matata Yeah and So that was like the, the song It sprouted up everywhere Nice Yeah It just That's so popped cool. up everywhere Because yeah. I learned that song from my wife Tanya mm-hmm. But she taught me the Kenyan version So okay. it's very similar yeah. So I had to kind of pull back a little bit When you guys got to the Kilimanjaro stuff Right That was in Tanzania <clears throat> Mm-hmm Right, not Kenya. You guys, yeah, are just right next to the Kenyan version. We can see Kenya from where we were. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we were we on the mountain. Well, over yeah. the mountain. And uh, um, remember when I asked that guy? We were looking on it. He's like, "Over there's Kenya, where those houses were." Right. And there was this clear divide between um, on the Kenyan side where the houses were. There was it was all sunny, and then on the Tanzania side it was all like cloudy, and I was all, "Oh wow!" So like, how do you guys? How do the Kenyan people just get it to be sunny? And like you guys have all the clouds and stuff. Like he's like he's like no 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 no. You don't understand. That's just that's just the way the sun is. And I was, <laughs> and I was because, because I was clearly like asking him like the most weirdest question that he's ever heard of. He's like no no no. That's not the border. Like I mean so on this border on the border it's all sunny in Kenya. Uh huh. And then on this side it's all rainy and stuff. I'm like 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 it's just like a bummer. It's like that's the borderline right there. He's like no 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 no. It's you don't understand. Border. Yeah, it's a cloud border. Uh, well, you know uh, Kenya. Kenya is known as the land of sunshine. So oh, there you go. Okay, well, it, well, now it's all making sense. The funny thing about what you're saying is when we were in Zanzibar, they did not say Kilimanjaro, they said Zanzibar. And they did it in a different beat, yep. and it kind of threw us mm. off. Yeah. But that yeah. song pops up everywhere, all over. Oh, yeah. yeah like the guy was climbing up a coconut tree, 
or a palm tree to get a coconut for oh, us. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did the same song. And yeah, they did Similar. the same. That was when it was. They yeah, that was the, the Spice Tour that we did. Which was Coffee amazing. and Spice Tour. Yeah, Jumbo. Jumbo yeah. Buana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty that's cool. Right. Yeah, Swahili is a cool language. It is a cool language. I enjoyed language. it. Yes. I had a good time with it. Um, the natives loved it. Yeah. Um, that's what the last part with the Simba Kichimoja. Simba Simba, as you know, Simba is my name uh-huh. in Swahili, yeah. so everyone called me Zim- Sim- Simba. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and then uh, Kichimoja means number one crazy. Oh. So, yeah, they just popped that out. So, number all one the crazy time. And, Yeah, all the time, whenever, because <laughs> they loved it. They would be like, come on, Simba, Kichimoja. They, like, <laughs> they never really. The weird thing about learning a language is when you're a foreigner, is you don't have the same context frame that other people have. So you, you're saying something in their language and they understand you, but it's never something that they would actually come up on their own Yeah, because it's impossible because they don't have that thought process that yeah. way. Yeah. You know, we would do that in China all the time. We called it Byron Ghetto Hua. Oh yeah. Which was, uh, <clears throat> Byron is white people mm-hmm. and Ghetto Hua is ghetto and then Hua is speak. Oh. So we'd say like, hey, you know, we say like, hey, mama's in the house. And we'd say that in Chinese, and all the Chinese people go, what? What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> Your mother's in the house? What does this mean? But, yeah. in, but all the foreigners uh-huh. would translate it, because uh-huh. we knew, wait, what that, oh, oh, Carlos yeah. is in the house. Well, of course he's in the house. The Chinese, of course he's here. Very different uh-huh. colloquialisms He's here in the house. Why you say this? You know? like, yeah. We're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But we're yeah. like, hey, Carlos is in the house. <clears throat> Byron ghetto hua. Byron ghetto hua. <laughs> so this is white people's ghetto talk. Yeah, that's in Chinese. In Chinese. In Chinese. Chinglish. Because yeah, you got Chinglish. ghetto. Because yeah. yeah. you got Chinglish, and then you got Byron ghetto hua. Yeah, it's yeah. not the same. Yeah, it's just, this is a it's a twist on uh, Ingwen. Yes. Right. Chinese. Oh, English. pulling that out. Ingwen. Pulling yeah. the Ingwen out. out. Yeah, you know, English. in public even. In public. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so wow. Hey, you can get arrested in some parts for that. Yes. Yeah, but not in not Tanzania. in Thailand. Not in Tanzania. <laughs> yeah, where you guys just got back from a little while ago. That's true. Yeah. A little while ago, meaning uh, the end of February. But we've been uh, actually. It was March tenth. Actually, it was March tenth. Yeah, because yeah. we came. We came back March tenth. You guys came back right Our when ninth, the. Yeah. You know, the pandemic was starting. Oh, yeah. We snuck COVID-19 in under the wire, pandemic. didn't we, Seamus? Yeah, it was yes. pretty intense. Yeah, so it was real fun for me for the lockdowns and things like that because we got back. And then, of course, Carlos and I went right to the Korean spa and got a spa treatment day to help us with the jet lag and things like that. Yeah. And then <laughs> we had like five days of jet lag where we didn't really go anywhere or do anything because we didn't feel good. And then lockdown. Lockdown. So our lockdown was... A little bit longer than everyone else's in that regard. True. But true. Um, but yeah, we made it back before that. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Here you well, are. I mean, yes and no. Mm. I kind of like, I have a friend who's stranded in Thailand and every day they're posting pictures of, you know, here's, I'm riding around on a little scooter and eating Thai food and I'm on lockdown and can't come home. And I'm almost like, hmm, what it would have been like to have been stuck in Tanzania because we were having such a magnificent time. Yes, we were. Like yeah, it was great. It was a great experience. This was the first time out of all the many years that I've actually traveled with you outside the country. I know. All we've ever done is, um, <clears throat> you know, certainly long trips like to the very top of California, which is a long trip. That's 12, yeah. 14, 15 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never gone out of the country. Yeah, that's that's so yeah. interesting. It was like, fun because you know you well, both. We did, did we ever do Mexico? Like that like, doesn't count. That doesn't really count. Mexico yeah. and TJ, Canada don't. Come on, Mexico but, and Canada don't yeah. count as being outside the United States. Yeah, yeah. They I, feel they I feel you. I feel you on that. <laughs> Everybody knows that, <clears throat> that's true. including Bodhi, who, if he was here, might argue that. But 
Mm-hmm. He's Canadian. Yeah. He would way. love to have been here tonight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. We miss him muchly. Nie- niece's uh, birthday kind of uh, thing. But, uh, things, yeah, yeah. really yeah. cool. He, he, he looks forward. He says hello to everybody, and mm-hmm. we all yes. love Now, he, Bodie, Bodie and I have traveled Bodie. many, many a country together. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been positive travel buddies, and we've gone to Central America. I met him in, I met him in a different country. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this is the first time since, you know, you. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, feel right. you. We did it. We did it. Did it. And there was, awesome. was an epic journey. I mean, you know, just yeah. all out. I can't wait to go back in safari to tell you the yeah, truth. I know. Because there's so much fun in Tanzania. I found the people to be as a traveler who's traveled to many countries and lived out of the United States for long periods of time and know other languages and studied other languages and things like that. The Tanzanian people can be summed up in one word: shy. Mm, they are so yeah. shy. They're mm. cute as They're hell. They're cute as hell. They are yeah. so shy. You say something to them like that Simba Kichimoja, uh-huh. and they're like, "Whoa, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life." Ah! <laughs> yeah, they make a big and deal. It goes around like cute. the campfire, and then yeah. like people on the trail that I didn't even know. Like, of course, uh, you know, they were like, they would say weird stuff. Our friend Abigail said, "Wow, those Tanzanian people. They were so lucky to be able to hang out with you and Carlos and Bodie." And I thought. Yeah, that's exactly what they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were lucky to hang out with Carlos because yeah. we like shaped their lives and changed their lives in all these different ways. Like those people are like, I still am in contact with them marginally daily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah we I, maintained a, a couple of friendships, uh, um, Aris and, mm-hmm. and, um, and Walter, you know, we maintained kind of a WhatsApp uh, condi- and also mm. um, Stella. And by the way, shout out to Mbogo, Mbogo Tours. Tours for Kilimanjaro adventures mm. of various kinds. Mm. Uh, she was wonderful. Uh, their whole staff, I just wanted to just kind of shout out for her. because Very professional. Uh, professional. Mm-hmm. They were caring. They, they were really made it. sure that they were on it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're, they're a, no a trustworthy company. Mm. Um, definitely want to nice. say that. Hey, uh, you want to go on a tour? Take Mbogo <laughs> Tours. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs> no, you better, you better for, for our non-Swahili listeners, um, uh, spell Mbogo for them. M-B-O-G-O. Mbogo. Mbogo. And it means Mbogo. buffalo, specifically the water buffalo. But yeah. So we're, we're drinking Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon right now, um, mm-hmm. some of us in this room. So it's yeah. Mbogo as a, Trace. As, Mbogo a, Trace. as a tracker, the Buffalo Trace, for me, I, you keep saying that and it just flashes into me scat. <laughs> Tracing the buffalo, the, yeah, the totally. <laughs> you're just like, oh, we're following buffalo. We're following the buffalo hmm. trace. I just, that's all. It's I just more enough that I think it's been three that. days since yeah. this buffalo was. Like yeah. you eat it and say, yeah. mm, it's right around, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's, recently yeah. eaten the grass of the plains of the north. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you track. It has you that actually, specific taste, you know. It's warm, yeah. and I like the way it tastes. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, yeah is... and Badamzinga means turkey. So when, when he added Badamzinga to that, was kind of an insider joke because him and I. Found out that Badamzinga meant turkey. We were, we were kind of saying, "Hey, we would love to taste some turkey." And they were like, "Ah, turkey's terrible. One we like chicken." Said, one, yeah, you know. Benson didn't like turkey. And we're like, "Come on, really for awesome. us?" Mm. And I can say this honestly, and I'm going to speak for Bodhi right here. Just say Badamzinga. Yeah, just say it. Badamzinga. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. It's Badamzinga. hilarious. That's a great name. It's, it's hilarious. A great name. To a foreigner, Badamzinga. it encompasses all and nothing because it starts out in like maybe uh, inappropriate and. Uh, social norm that we're talking about mm-hmm. bottom but you're all bottom zinga yeah well but even like, like like you know how we, we say hey turkey 
Yeah. I mean, if you can say that in a way, in a playful way, they're pretty playful when you say... Yeah, they're shy, so, so they're playful. So you can say like, hey, you know? bottom zinger. Yeah, hey, bottom thing. zinger, what are you doing? They're like, 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 they were very lucky to hang out with us. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. We they pushed had their cultural boundaries as much as they pushed ours. They had not more. such a good time hanging out with us <laughs> everywhere we went. Yeah. yeah. It was great. I'll bet they did. <clears throat> but they did. Mbwa. Mbwa. Mbwa is a dog. Oh. So I'm wondering if, if like putting an M in front of things is like used for a lot of animals. I'm just wondering good about question. that. Good question. Mbwa. There wasn't too many other animals that I heard with the, the M in front of it. But There's I no bet M you... in front of Bottom Zynga. There isn't. That's true. There are quite a few that uh, unless you're eating animal one, you names go, that I've forgotten. Bottom, bottom zinga, zinga. Mm, yeah. zinga. <laughs> yummy. I'll have cool. some dark meat, please. Yeah. So you guys uh, decided to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, the sacred mountain. And whose idea was this? Why did this happen? All right. We, we I need to understand. Let's go back two years to the episode number six, Tales of the Wandering Lion. Yes. I mean, the starring only, you, starring me, of course. Simba. Yes. Why would I reference anybody else's? Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> Not referencing <laughs> yours. <laughs> um, and in number six, I was telling you about the that uh, really weird Hemingway lifestyle. Okay. And that's why Bodie and I, again, you know, adventure with Bodie, we went to. Run with the Bulls in Pamplona. Yes. Because that's the Hemingway thing. And right. like in um, uh, Bewitched. Yes. <clears throat> Dr. Bombay, Dr. Bombay, bring. And he, he was Hemingway. And he'd show up, oh, I was running with the Bulls in Kilimanjaro. You know, oh, I'm climbing to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro when you called. And so I came. <laughs> you know? And it was all of those things that had that huge nostalgia with it. Like this, there's a couple of things on this planet that you got to do the check mark. Really, you have to check mark running mm. with the bulls, bucket list, bucket list, you know, Kilimanjaro, mm -hmm. sardine runs, you know, go to every single Star Wars scene, you know, the like in, you know, where they Luke Skywalker's house, you got to yeah. go there, you got to see that, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so, um, basically, I nagged Bodhi forever who didn't want to climb the mountain. And as I made the promise, the only thing I will ever make him climb again is a bar stool. Oh, that's what you yep. yes. promised. I will never make him, Bodhi, it's on air now. I will never make you climb anything ever again except a bar stool. And kudos for okay. him absolutely not wanting to do that, but going but for it, it anyway. Yeah. Just because he wanted to be a bro and go through it. He really I could just tell he really did not want to do that. So here's yeah. the fun part about Bodhi. Oh. But he did it anyway. Here's the fun part about Bodhi. Awesome. First of all, Bodhi's Navy, so getting him into a mountain. Wow. Second oh, of all, geez, yeah. it's the only mountain he's ever climbed. Yeah. And it's the only mountain he ever will climb. And it's fucking, ever again. It's fucking Kilimanjaro. And yeah, it was his birthday. It. The one and only. On his birthday? On his, on his birthday. 50th birthday. Yes. This is how what? I planned it. Badass, I planned it right? like that. Come See on. This? I know we're it's on. great. Bodhi no, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro on, on his birthday. birthday sure and it's the did. only mountain he's ever going to climb ever again. His 50th birthday. Uh-huh. Boom. <clears> how awesome that. is that? That's the kind of friend I am. Thank wow. you. He's That's lucky he traveled Carlos, on the other hand, I don't need to recruit into this idea. I'm there. <laughs> oh man. I got so many stupid ideas. He's just like, don't even tell me. I'm just, just go do them and we'll do them. You do. Everybody in this room yeah, will go do something stupid that okay. I say, right? Yeah. Everybody in this room, including well, Tina. By the way. And you got and you guys aren't even fifty yourselves. So no. I can't even imagine what you're gonna do on your fiftieth birthday. Exactly. 
the future is uncertain, but the end is always near. Yeah. Right? Speaking of painful and difficult, wow. Yeah. Um, It was hard. I have to say, there are lots of difficult things in the world, and and, you know, other people's experiences are other people's experiences. But for me, this was huge to to do that. It was painful. It was difficult. Um, I was a puddle of tears. More than once. Mm. Well, I would, I would like wow. to, I would like to key in on that one. Wow. So, I think part of the reason why it's so difficult is because, well, they don't really plan it right. So what you do is you're mm. at this one camp, and you stay there for a day or two, mm-hmm. and then they hike you all the way to what is the base camp. Okay. Uh, and then you get four hours of rest, and then at midnight they make you climb, and you go all the way to the top. And you, there's three different peaks you can do and there's all this extra stuff you can do up the top. Yeah, three summits. Then mm. you climb down, you get like an hour's rest and then you go back to that first base camp where you stayed, stayed that first day. Which so you took literally, a few days to get to. Literally, you are walking for 20 out of the 24 hours, minimum. Yeah. And I think that is some of the reason why um, it's such a challenging experience. And what very, was this it that, that uh, um, mm-hmm. Dean Bodie was saying that that it was only a quarter of the people actually make it all the way? Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why. That says deprivation it's, and altitude. Um, I did yep. not make yeah. it to the top. I made it two-thirds of the way of the two-thirds to the top. Boy, and then I, did and, you give it a college try, though. Oh, you have doing no idea. Doing that through the vomiting. You remember, and through you the, remember the when I was hanging off that cliff and you were? he yep. literally was holding me by yeah. the arm yeah. while I was dangling over a cliff vomiting yeah it was nasty oh my god i think the reason for oh. that experience was uh the altitude when i because i i felt fine i got up to the top mm-hmm. and then they were like you need to eat and i was all i don't fucking feel like and i ate and i vomited those noodles up and i just vomited and vomited <laughs> and vomited i literally vomited it more than nine times yeah it was probably I did not, I, yeah a total of maybe 12 to 14 times probably minimum you, it, and you didn't even wow. count together on the way down they were like yeah. oh, on the way down you'll feel yeah. better i did not feel better yeah I did not feel better once. Yeah. So, Seamus, tell tell people what altitude sickness is like. What how, what is this experience? Uh, okay, well, first of all, if you're going to altitude, I recommend a couple of things. First of all, oxygen. I don't know why they don't pump this thing out. They should have the. It should be like at a. The oxygen should be like at a rave with the nitrous. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> they should be handing that out liberally. You have these guys carrying all your stuff. Why is it? And they you actually pay for it. They actually have it. But they won't give it to you. Yeah, unless you're on the way down. Unless you're unless you're dying like in, the, in the Kilimanjaro taxi, as they put yeah, it. Yeah, they call it uh, yeah. the ambulance, basically taking you down. Yeah, which is a one-wheeled stretcher mm-hmm. with one guy in the front, one guy in the back, and we saw uh, foreigners, we saw guides, a lot mm. of people. I yeah. mean, it's not even just guides it, themselves. Yeah, guides themselves get altitude. Really? So people wow. have been up there twenty times, and you can right. get it. Like you cannot yeah. predict altitude sickness yeah. by any means. Wow. In any way. Wow. So if you to all the listeners out there, if you ever climb Kilimanjaro and you don't make it to the top, don't feel bad. E- even some of the guides don't make it. Yep. Even all these people don't make it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not really about that. It's about the experience. Mm. Um, so that was that. And the food, I really think when I go back, because I'm planning to go back and climb Kilimanjaro, I'm not really allowing that to, you know, not fade away in my existence. There's mm-hmm. no way. I'm, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to eat. When they say you need to eat, it's just going to be Shamus, li- you, liquid foods. You will see your enemies driven before you. You will crush their I enemies, will. and you will hear the lamentations of their women. I will hear that. <laughs> That's my nightly prayer. You will crush them. I will crush you. What you should do is fake sick, and then get a good night's rest, and then 
climb well, they, instead they, of one they, hour of sleep. They say that you can stay at that base camp mm-hmm. there. You can stay there and acclimatize for 24 hours, but hey, you can't, but they won't let you go at night. And I'm sitting there thinking, what is these people's problem? Like, why are they doing it this way? If you let you go during the day. They make you go in the day. Are they, no, no, no. Sorry. They won't let you go during the day. They make you go, go at night. No. If you stay up there, because I asked, they make everybody go at night. But if you stay up there one day, they make oh, you go in the day. Oh, I see. Okay. And they're like, but you're going to have to do Got that. It. And I'm like. Where are all these arbitrary rules come from? Right. That's what we talked about in also episode six, the yes. arbitrary arbitrariness of things. Yes. Like the lack of <laughs> lack of behavioral flexibility. See, hakuna matata means no troubles. Yeah, right? buddy. No worries. Yeah. You want to even know a better one? It's not hakuna matata. Yeah. It's hakuna mashida. What is this? I don't know this it's word. It's like the, the bumping up level of hakuna, hakuna matata. Mashita. There's hakuna matata and uh-huh. there's hakuna mashida. And I never said hakuna matata to people. Not I was, a problem. I was always hakuna mashida. And they always okay. went, oh. Mm. This, so, well, not oh. a problem. Oh, Hakuna Jali. Mm. No problem. No problem. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of, you notice that there's a trend. There's a lot of these kinds of don't freaking worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Just don't worry about it. And that's the Tanzanian yeah. people. Chill, it relax. So, literally, chill yeah. out, bro. We were on the way to the airport. Mm. Uh huh. And we were crammed in the back of the taxi, the way it always is. And uh, yeah, if you've ever been traveling anywhere, you're always that's crammed the in the back of the taxi. <laughs> or you can be crammed in the back of a chicken bus. Or you can be crammed in the back of any kind of local transport, but you're always crammed somewhere. Um, and we were coming home, Bodie, Carlos, and I, to this whole pandemic, epidemic, you know, the world is coming to an end, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the driver and Walter, our buddy who was uh, in Tanzania, they were arguing over how um, expensive tomatoes and onions were. Right. Right. That was the thing. That was their thing. Mm. They were like, tomatoes and onions are so expensive right now. And we're upset. Let's take to the streets. And here we are <laughs> coming back. Here we are coming back to this pandemic of pandemic. You know what I mean? Oh. And they were upset because onions were too expensive. So that can tell you about, like I was telling you, the Tanzanian yeah. people, they have a really, mm-hmm. um, you know. Now, you guys, I, I saw all kinds of beautiful, incredible pictures that you were posting on Facebook. Um, you don't just go to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, right? I mean, like, there's lots of other things to see and do, and it looks like you guys saw all kinds of cool stuff, like plantations, like coffee plantations. And, yeah, like seeing uh, and learning about the coffee ritual and how it's done, how it's harvested. They teach you about it. They take you on. They show you how um, these Chaga people are, um, you know, working with it, with the various uh, forms of coffee. I mean, the ones that we were working with was the Robusta. Mm. But they also mm-hmm. have the Arabica and the higher regions. Mostly yeah, is the Robusta, which is the lower mm-hmm. region of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one that's more adapted to lower altitudes. It's an altitude um, thing. But yeah, I mean, we went through the whole thing. It was fun. We sang songs. We okay. we uh, roasted the coffee. We ground the coffee. We sifted the coffee. We drank prepared the coffee. the coffee. Then we drank the coffee. <laughs> it was freaking awesome. I don't did, know. Did you do enemas? Coffee enemas? Well, no, that's the you have to pay extra. They for offer. That one. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It was a so low in cash that ba- day. So I just yeah. Basically, basically, the whole the whole vacation was I was insistent upon climbing Kilimanjaro, and then Carlos, one of his longtime dreams was to go to Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. And so that was how we basically did it, and that's basically how I kind of loosely organized the whole trip. Mm-hmm. Kilimanjaro takes like six days to climb, so it's like you go to Tanzania, you do your jet lag thing, then you climb Kilimanjaro, and then we had all this extra time, 
Carlos wanted to go to Zanzibar. So I was like, we'll, we'll recover in Zanzibar. I'm not going to cook it, but I'll I'm buy it from you from Zanzibar. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we went there and it was an amazing thing because, you know, the Kilimanjaro region is one type of people. And then Zanzibar is a totally, completely different thing. Zanzibar was its own country. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tanzania. Yeah, really. Tanzania be- became a synthesis of the two countries in like 1964 when this really awesome political genius united the tribes without warfare. He just basically said, we're going to declare independence. And he went around to every single local chief and said, I'm going to be the president. And we're going to declare the independence from the British because up until the 60s, the British were in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how Freddie Mercury got born in Zanzibar. That's right. He was, he was from Zanzibar. We visited Zanzibar. his house. We didn't we go inside. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. took yeah. some pictures on the outside. I wasn't really interested in seeing stuff like that. That's cool. And, uh, it was cool. Yeah. It was right and there. So 1964, that mainland Tanzania declared independence. And then a few years later, Zanzibar joined it. So that's Tanzania, that Zania part mm-hmm. is Zanzibar part. Mm-hmm. So they were their oh. own country by themselves. So they didn't need anything. You okay. know? In fact, Carlos and I have our own stamp from Zanzibar because they still kept the port authority. Yes. So if you fly to Zanzibar, you don't get a stamp. But if you take the horrific boat and spend the night in Dar es Salaam, which mm. is terrible, terrible. I hate to say it, but don't go there. Okay. It's a waste. Oh, it's a waste. This Unless part, you have of, this to. part of Zanzib- this part of Tanzania was not yeah. shy. Don't I don't okay. have any <laughs> don't have any kind of like positive things to say about Dar es Salaam. Okay. Everything was everything a else scam. was wonderful, but that area I'm gonna I'm just gonna say. Wouldn't you say Seamus was like yeah. really like very little mm. in the way of uh, I'll take my rango values. to it. Yeah, wow. exactly. So Carlos is wearing a shirt <laughs> that he got in. Uh, actually, I think it's Zanzibar, right? Uh, no, I got this no, actually got that with Walter. in, in, in uh, right. Shantytown. Yeah, and yeah. I got a rangu, which is a traditional Maasai weapon, which mm-hmm. in my language, to my ancestry, is called a shillelagh. That's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, So that's what we have right now, since you can't see it. The Maasai yeah. and the Chaga are the two main divisions of tribe. Mm-hmm. The Chagas have a tendency to be like mountain people, and the Maasai are more the wandering plains, taller, yeah. as opposed yeah. to the Chaga, who are a little bit smaller in, in stature. Okay. Um, but it's interesting when when we were in the Chaga village where they had all those secret caves where the, the Chaga people would hide and create tunnels and booby traps and mm. various kinds of things. The Maasai people tried to get them for so long, like 70 years or something like that. Yeah, that was what I was saying about the ridiculous uni- amount of time. And the unification of it happened in mm. such a way. There was it's it's a Hatfield and McCoy blood feud, really. That whole country mm-hmm. was really? just it was. full Hatfield of blood McCoys for sure. Yeah. And yeah. the president just transitioned it through and all political. Of a sudden, they're yeah. fine, and then they're just, just like that. Yeah, and I asked the them thing. constantly. I asked them constantly. I was like, "Okay, well, you're Chaga people, and your ancestors were hunted down and turned into slaves, and yeah. by the Maasai people, mm-hmm. and you know, here they are, right there. You're like, working with them. Yeah, and like, I'm like, what do you think about that? And they're like, oh, well, it's fine, no big deal. And I'm like, really? Talk about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about wow. forgiveness. That's pretty That's awesome. cool. Because yeah. literally for hundreds of years, these people wore, they, these people built an intricate cave system to hide from the Maasai people. Yeah. There was so much blood conflict. They would they would say wow. things. So when the Maasai person would come into the cave, like this cute little little African girl, she's like, oh my gosh, she, she was adorable. She was adorable. She would say it's the softest little voice. Yeah, and then and then yeah, <laughs> and then she the Maasai wonderful. people would come in. And they wouldn't know the code, and then they'd uh, hit them on the head, and they'd die, and then we'd cut them up in small pieces and throw them in the river. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you're just so going, wow, wow, this is wow. hundreds of years oh of you guys yeah, literally. This, this is like, you know, 70 years ago or something like that. And they, they keep all of it to give tours and, and talk about okay. what they did. And they where have they no animosity. Stuff, you know, and, and we went down into the caves and, and I don't know. Didn't it take like three generations to make those caves or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they were inter- They were huge caves. They yeah, went all like the way a to this river. network system that they had created. This huge wow. network underground yeah, tunnel tunnels system. And where when the Maasai came to raid, and, yeah. they all hmm. fled into the caves because they couldn't water. fight them. So, but they could fight them in the chokehold. So like they would come into the cave and if they didn't know the codes, they just... They mm-hmm. just bash them, and then they have these bone crushing weapons. Yeah, they would show these things, wow. skull like, crusher. You yeah, know, these different names, and then we cut them up and throw them in the river. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my <laughs> like, god! And this weapon we would use to crack their skull, and this one we would use to to cause pain, and this one we would use to crack their bones. And it was like, yeah. wow. wow. And she would just end everything like, yeah. It's the strangest thing. She was the cutest girl, <laughs> and just telling like so, horrific yeah, stories wonderful. of like. And then they would come and steal us and rape us. Yeah. But yeah. no animosity. None. None. Just kind of reporting of facts. Hmm. Like it was And the story. Maasai people yeah. are also like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. And it was just like, wow, like how did, like, where is this political wow. identity that you guys were able to do? Because <clears throat> it's such a Hatfield and McCoy situation yeah. with these two groups that, and it yeah. wasn't just the Chaga people, but like the Maasai basically did it to everybody. Mm, and Satch, they're warrior people. Yeah, yeah they're warrior, warrior yeah. people. Um, great warriors. They're tall, seven foot. Yes. Seven foot is not uncommon for a Maasai, right? Mm. We could totally uh, take Chagas are small. <laughs> but uh, one thing that was really interesting, when I got off uh, the plane uh, and we were driving to Shantytown and Moshi to go to our, our um, hotel, uh, the resort where we were at, um, the driver was pointing out Maasai. Mm-hmm. And there is this woman walking with her little staff and, and there was like some lamb or sheep or something like that. And I wanted to mention this to you because mm-hmm. you're such a movement person. Wow. This woman's hips, the fluidity in her motion of how she was walking, you could just see the the rhythm and the fluidity in her, like the hips and pelvis region, like where she was like flowing. It was like this amazing example of what's possible when people don't wear shoes and they... Um, they move freely and aren't stuck in a desk or a cubi- yeah, cubicle. Yeah. This kind of flowing look—it was really beautiful. It was. It was beautiful, and wow. it was—it was impressive because you know we we, we talked about yeah. uh, Gokale. Yeah, uh, yeah, Esther, Esther, Esther Gokale, and, yeah, and the whole yeah. postural movement yeah. kind of thing. Because she studied in like like uh, Burkina Faso. Exactly. The, the, yeah. This was a perfect example of that sort of um, fluid strength. That you could see in this woman, she was carrying. She had, of course, you know, a lot of them were doing the classic, you know, carrying of objects on their head. Yeah, yeah. Many of them mm-hmm. did that. So here she's doing carrying all these things on her head, but then her hips are just so fluid to the way she was moving. And as a movement person and as yeah. a fellow yeah, appreciator yeah. of, you know, physical things, I also things, appreciated wow. it as well. Wow, it was pretty quite amazing, wow. Huh? It was yeah. sexy. It was, it was quite wow. It was beautiful and uh-huh. it was impressive. I appreciated wow. it a lot more. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated because you know I mean I've actually watched video footage and pictures of people, um, you know, in other countries moving just to see the way they move. They they have such a different um, kinesthetic culture than we do, you know. <laughs> Like you know, For I mean, sure. just just the way they they the way they move, it's it's almost like they're more connected to the way humans are supposed to move. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wow. it, it uh, surprised us one night. Truly. When uh, Carlos and I and Walter, our friend from Tanzania, 
Um, we were and Bodhi was there too. Mm-hmm. I think all four of us were there in Zanzibar, and we uh, were stumbling home. And of course, you know, Zanzibar is repressively hot, like yeah, super hot, really like, uncomfortable, super mm, uncomfortable yeah. hot. Okay. So you know when you go, you take a night out on the on the boozer, as they would say. We're out drinking. <laughs> you got to make sure that you have enough water. You have to make enough sure you have a water at home. You're gonna wake up not feeling super awesome. You have some water there, so we we found some water and stuff. And, and Walter, who we'd hung out for you know for three weeks now with, he just popped that thing on his head and started walking. Yeah, we like, like it was the most natural uh, thing in the world. It was like the most yeah. natural thing he ever thought of. And we we're like, wow, dude, that's crazy. He's like, don't worry about it. Everybody in Tanzania can do this. I was like, really? And then so, of course, you know, we tried it on our heads and we're yeah. no slouch it's to, tricky. you know, body mechanics and doing <clears throat> weird postures and stuff. It's Martial arts, yoga, whatever. It's but at the same skill. time, it was like, it was really hard to just hold that two liter <clears throat> bottle. I'm kind of thinking maybe we need to practice. Okay. I was just going to say that it's a let's good thing it. to do. You know? let's, let's like make, let's create a new movement. Let's go to the mall. After, run at after night. the pandemic. Yeah, well, Danny yeah, says well, we can run at night yeah. with a bottle on our head. Yeah, we'll right. just, let's just start carrying things. Yeah, I mean, imagine how free I'll meet you is. next you Tuesday hands. in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can use both your hands to do stuff. I mean, this is we're the cell phone generation now. Mm-hmm. Put things on your head so you can look at your cell phone. Wow. While you're, you know. Yeah. I think you're onto something. I know. Yeah. And we'll, we'll start a trend. Let's do classes. Too bad all the millennials are too lazy for that sort of stuff, so. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge. Well, there goes our listenership. Of, Challenge. Uh, of millennials. Thanks, Seamus. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they're not listening anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> That's true. They're too busy. With no, the millennials are cool. It's a Generation Z that you got to watch out for. Um, with Z for the UK Generation people. Z. Yeah. Um, when we were going up and down the trail, uh, you know, from the base uh, of uh, Kilimanjaro National Park all the way up to the top, there were lots and lots of people who had very heavy containers, packs, oh, yeah. uh, buckets balancing on their head while they were going on the trail. It was incredible. It was impressive. Mm. Um, wow. It happened it a lot. The wow. most impressive that of, though, however, was when I was in Nepal, when I watched a man take a... He did like a John McEnroe headband thing mm-hmm. around, just like a sweatband, mm-hmm. around the back of a refrigerator, and then doot, scooped it up and was walking down the street. Yep. Wow. And I was like, the man was carrying That's a refrigerator incredible. on his head. Like, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't on top of his head, but he was using, you know, like a, it was like a sweatband. It was a little, yeah. you know, like a 1970s sweatband Oof. for all, you know. Yeah, tennis. It was like, yeah, yeah that's what was the John McEnroe. And it was yeah. like, I was like, wow. And I watched just McEnroe. all the way down. I was just like, oh my gosh, oh this my is the most goodness. impressive thing. The heaviest thing I've ever seen anybody ever carry. And he literally carried it with his, with his forehead. You yeah. just got to hope it doesn't slip down over his throat, right? And that's, that, that'd be interesting. Yeah, well, then he'd do the... That'd be real impressive. Yeah. 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 The, gosh. I, I hate to say it, but the Nepalese Sherpas are like those guys. Bar none. Those guys, I would often tell our guides. First of all, oh. our guides didn't the believe shoes. us. Yeah. Our guys didn't believe us that Carlos and I go like backpacking and we can go backpacking mm-hmm. and hiking into Yosemite or something like that. And we mm. carry all our food and we carry all our water, we mm-hmm. carry all our stuff, all our backpacks and uh, mm-hmm. sleeping bags. <clears throat> None of them believed us. Okay. Not one. They thought it was the most crazy thing that you could ever possibly do. It's Why true. Would you? Yeah. None of them believed us. Yeah, they were And then disbelief. I would tell them about all the trekking I did in Nepal where, you know. Uh, they especially I, I, didn't believe that. I've been to a higher elevation than Kilimanjaro, and mm-hmm. they didn't believe that. Okay. And then I told them that the Sherpas in Nepal were at that same high elevation, mm-hmm. and they were wearing sandals. They had flip-flops. Mm-hmm. And these Tanzanians were just like, this is impossible. I'm like, dude, 
I literally have been at a higher altitude with these people and they, cause they're impoverished people. They don't have shoes. Mm-hmm. That's why they, that's why they're wearing flip-flops. It's not because they're like, oh, we're badass people. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. That's what they, they do. That's what they've had. That's what they've had their whole life. Yeah. And they've lived and done this their whole life. So why would it be any different? And they're like, yeah, they're walking around in snow. I'm like, no, I did Flip-flops. Flip-flops. And so they didn't believe it. Mm. That's why that Kichimoja thing, that Simba Kichimoja, number one crazy. Mm-hmm. He said, you're crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. You wouldn't tell, you know, it's like our guide, like 90% of the things I told our guide, he didn't believe. By the way, his name was Jackson. Jackson. And he was Jackson. a super cool dude. He was, it was Jackson. awesome. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, right. they're all cool. Yeah. They all had their unique... Uh, Qualities, uh-huh. but um, of course it was hard. Shout out not. to Jackson. Shout out to you, Jackson, brother. It's Aristides so uh, and Aristides, uh, otherwise known as Hope Aristides. Ooh, these are great Facebook. names. They're yeah. great. I mean, Aristides ones. sounds like you know my guide, Aristides. You know, yeah, it's very like totally. Um, they had they primal. had very what would it. be what would yeah. be considered Christian names. They had and very a Western name, names. Aristides. Yeah, Aristides is a Greek name, but yeah. mm-hmm. but Jackson. I, you know, immediately calls to mind uh, Action Jackson. Yeah. Right. And yeah. he's the head guide, right? Okay. It's fucking um, Apollo Creed. We had such really good conversations about um, the native plants and foods. Yeah. And, they knew all and their stuff. Traditions. Because I, mm. I was really curious, as, as you might guess, really curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Seamus would guess as well. Hey, Carlos, like, you remember that wild raspberries that we got to eat? Those were great. They're, we wild they were delicious. forged. Mm. We wild forged on the way to the top of Kilimanjaro. Oh. It was amazing. These raspberries. Freaking amazing. And they wow. were like, oh, you go in there and eat it. It was like this whole field area of just yeah. overgrown raspberries. Yeah. And we were the so only cool. foreigners that went in there and ate any of that stuff. Why are people not eating these raspberries? I don't know. Well, they, they would be, but you know, it was really out of season. But we were lucky; we found a patch that yeah. was still growing. Okay. They weren't quite ready. <sighs> yeah, they would they would have been better like in two weeks. Yeah, okay. but they were still pretty good. But they were good, they were good yeah. enough. I yeah. ate a right. whole hand. I ate yeah. as many as I could. And I wrote Sounds down the good. name of what they were called in in. Uh, Actually, in, I have in a video. Of, I have a video of giving, a video. Video That's true. giving a testimony um, of that. There was a few mm. things, but 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 I guess. You know, we talked a lot about like how things are used and and the herbs because I, I told Jackson I have an interest in a lot of that kind of stuff. But primarily, I was asking like I would love to understand. He's Chagra, so I was asking him. Look, I want to understand more about um, like let's say the the cultural, religious, mythical background around Kilimanjaro and um, the various uh, mountain ranges around it. Mm. I wanted yeah. to know, you know. Tell me more about the sort of side of the the the, the religious, um, spiritual, uh, mythological, spiritual side yeah. of it. He didn't know a whole lot about that. However, he did share with me, um, you know, the name that the that the Kilimanjaro is is a kind of a debatable name. It means like the White Mountain, but it was more of a, a name that they came up with that was kind of more or less uh, for the white people, like oh, like the okay. Europeans that were there, the Germans, the the English that were first climbing it. So they, they call that, but there are other names for it, like uh, Kilimakuaro. Hmm. Uh, That's God's home. Yeah, the, the, this, the this mountain was, of God. Oh. This was the problem. They said, this is God's house. Right. And the British were like, oh, it's not probably Christian to call this God's house, so we're going to change the name on it for you, chap. Yeah. We're going to call it Kilimanjaro white now. Name. White mountain. Right. Now yeah. it's just white because it has... Always changing so things. They well, they the whitewashed name. it. Yeah, they, they whitewashed, whitewashed it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and there's some debate about whether that's true or not. But but still, point yeah. is, um, you know, it had different names. And one of the things that Jackson did share is is that, um, you know, like when we, there were these different ranges, or not ranges, sorry, these different um, uh, peaks that were not specifically Kilimanjaro, but they're next to Kilimanjaro, like mm-hmm. other, other mountains that are right next to it that we could see clearly. And I took a lot of photos of them, actually. Um, 
but places where they held rituals. And he would tell me, like, here's what I do now. Um, people would hike to this place. They would um, stay there. They would cook. They would offer things to the gods. And then they would sometimes climb Kilimanjaro and they would ask for something or they would do their sacrifice and they would come back mm. and they would stay in these mountains. And, and it was it was the sacred thing that the Chaga people were the guardians of the mountains. Kilimanjaro. And that whole Kilimanjaro thing was like they had the rich culture and stuff like that. And I think what it is mm. is that uh, there aren't that many people who are in touch with the ancient traditions there because they there was some kind of a separation because he didn't know. And I asked a lot of different people mm. who were Chaga and they all didn't seem to know. So my suspicion is that the people who are more... Uh, classically educated in the traditions of the, of the of the mountains and stuff they're probably have to go out and find them yeah the ones that, that went to tour guide school and all that kind of stuff they're just learning the general principles and yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a, a little bit watered down they're not really getting so what i would love to do is and i and i we talked about this how it would be really cool is to is to have a an experience with a multi-generational shaman or some, what they would call like you know some kind of a uh, healer of some kind, yeah, and find out more about the traditions because I wanted to know: is the mountain male or female? You know, what's mm. the traditional names of the mountain? What are some legends around the mountain? I want to understand a little bit more about course, what yeah. ancient people thought because I love to go to a place and imagine that I'm that ancient person. I'm a that is visiting so and stuff like cool. That. So, that's that's neat. So yeah, I did yeah, what I could. Like that. Yeah, know, finding out yeah. about that and and I made the mountain journey. Um, one of the f- first things I did. Um, is ask for permission. Mm. Whether that made a difference or not, I don't know. But it was I important did. to you to do that. It was important for yeah. me to do that. I asked for permission mm. from the mountain at the very foot of the mountain. Okay. And then while I did the mountain, by what I mean doing, like walking the mountain and, and struggling through the difficulty of the mountain, especially at the end, was to make it mean something, to turn my struggle and my difficulty into something that was beyond the physical. So... Whether I make it or not, I'm going to give my all, and I'm going to have my focus on what it is that I'm doing, and I'm asking the mountain, if there is some kind of intelligence associated with this mountain, then I'm asking my intelligence, my deep intelligence, to connect with that and lean into the difficulty, lean into the pain, just whatever it is, help me, because mm-hmm. I'm going to transform the pain that I'm feeling, the struggle that I'm feeling, into, I guess, a spiritual practice. Okay. You know, wow. A pilgrimage, if if you will. Yeah, you transmuted that, that stuff. Yeah. For me, it was absolutely that. Getting up that mountain <clears throat> was less important than putting my all into getting up the mountain. Mm. I knew that if I put my all into it, and I and I could say that I never held back even a, an ounce of energy, mm. then if I didn't make it, at least I gave my all. That's yeah. all I did. Yeah. And 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 really just deciding that. Um, I said I was a bucket of tears. Mm-hmm. At each of the summits, I thought a I was not going to make it to the first summit. I okay. was almost positive. Mm. When I made it to the summit, um, I did something that my mother asked me to do. She asked me to collect a red string, a pebble, and a and a stick or a twig from the base and carry it to the top in her honor, which I did. So, mom, I, I fulfilled mm, I fulfilled your request. Satyavati. Um, I did that for her, um, and that was important to me. Mm. Um, and when I got up to the top, it was still pitch black. It was freezing cold. I was getting frostbite on my fingers. It was very painful. And by the way, I might interject here. It was uh, the worst snowstorm that they had in record 
kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Yes. Just in time I for you guys. Just, just in true. time for us guys. I might I might mention that part. Yeah, that that's was, true. It was it was it was horrible. Ooh, that's true. They, they so told a us side that. helping of freezing cold. And, yeah, freezing yeah. cold. And uh, I mean that was it, like, totally abundant and kind. totally there. Yep. Lucky us, right? That yeah. we picked that night. The and worst. Like, the worst night in history. Let's climb to the top. Freezing cold rain and hail and weird like tiny snow things going sideways into your yeah. eye. Oh Even though I was covered God. like a ninja, okay. like there was just this little sliver. The snow, the the snow, snow was came going upward. right in my eye. It was like in Forrest Gump. It, yeah. rained, it rained down on us. It rained sideways, and sometimes it rained exactly. up. Exactly. It yeah. was literally, that was so much snow. <laughs> and I was so tired that I would lean forward and feel as though I was falling asleep, mm. falling forward. And then every once in a while, Aries... He's the younger guide who who was amazing, by the way. Wow. Um, he just kept putting his hand on my shoulder. And he said, hey, don't fall asleep. Keep going. You know, he was like, every once in a while, he would just be like, hey, you know, get get with it. Mm-hmm. Kind of and then Carlos also felt my, sho- my hand on his shoulder, and then I'd go, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was terrible. And it was like, was terrible. I was like, and then I just asked for, I just I said please just let me lay down for like twenty minutes. And the, like, dude's no. all, the dude's all. Where no. are you gonna lay down? I'm like that snowbank. <laughs> yeah, right no, there. you can't. You can't do that. If you let me chill for twenty minutes, <clears throat> I swear I could. You'll get, be good. They were like no, they yeah. wouldn't let me do it. So, but <sighs> getting up to that first summit, um, I thought I would make like a little video. I would, and, and I did. But each time I tried, I was just sobbing like a fucking baby, like. Like I didn't have um, any sense about me. It was just so exhausting because I never even thought I would make it to the first peak. And each time I went to another peak, a little higher, a little higher. By the way, the spots between the peaks are fucking dangerous. You're looking down these pathways where you can easily see that all it would take is one little crack in the snow and the entire thing would slide down and you'd be carried down you know, hundreds of feet down to mm. the to the basin below. Okay. It did not look safe at all. Like okay. and and here was Aries kind of hopping through there like he was some kind of billy goat. And I'm going, okay, I'm barely making it. I'm barely lifting my legs. I don't know how I made it to the first peak. How the fuck am I going to make it to the next peak? So mm. I made it to the next peak and I'm looking at this depth on either side. Like it just it just goes down. It was beautiful but scary. Mm, yeah. And then I make it to the next peak and try to make a video. And of course, I'm sobbing like a baby, barely, I'm choking out words, not even really able to like do it. Mm. And then looking like I'm, I'm some kind of trauma victim, you know, like I've gone through some major thing, which I did. Mm. You did. And then how the hell am I, am I, can we turn around? Can we turn around? I'm thinking in my head. Mm-hmm. And of course not, right? We have to keep going to the ultimate peak, which is the highest point. The, uh, it's Urushi? The yeah. Uru- yeah. Mm. Um, What's it called again? Urushi? Maybe. Ushuri? Uhuru. Uhuru. Like Uten Uhuru. Yeah, like Uten Uhuru. Oh, yeah, it's Uhuru. Uhuru Peak. And Uhuru Peak is the highest point of Africa. It's like the rooftop. So by that time, there was sun. It wasn't dark. And there was sun beating down. And there are people along the way that are, that are like, they're so loving in a way. Because they, 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 you pass them and they're like, you're almost there. Keep going keep going and, and people are just mm. encouraging you you're just like and you're sobbing and trying not to but you're just uh-huh. freaking wow. crying like a baby you're snotting everywhere uh-huh. and you're just like and shaking and people are just saying it's okay you got this you got this wow and That's like cool. and there's people you don't even know yeah and then um you get there and 
it's amazing white uh surreal like you're in another planet because mm. it's so high altitude it's really bizarre atmospheric conditions mm. and wow i mean i screamed something that was very important to me at the time mm. out mm-hmm. to the world uh from the very top of the mountains it was it was something from my heart that mm. i wanted to just scream and my version of screaming was probably not screaming because I had no air left. Yeah. There's no oxygen yeah. up there, guys. Breathe, you know? <laughs> it, was, it came out like a... Like, like a yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I'm conquering the world. And then on the way down, you know, um, I spoke with, with, with a couple of people that had also done it. And it was amazing. These, these men, a lot of men were just admitting to me there was the same thing. They're like, I cried like a baby. So many men that I ran into mm. were saying the same thing. I cried and I couldn't stop crying. Hmm. Hey, do you know? If, do you know if Bodhi cried when he got to the top? We need to All ask I know is I saw him on the way down. Yeah, he had made he it cry? to that first peak. But did he cry? I don't know. Bodhi, did you cry? We're gonna find out. We're gonna interrogate mm. you, buddy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna find out what you We're cried. Ask this. this <laughs> inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> did Bodhi cry? Hashtag, Hashtag did Bodhi cry? Did Bodhi cry? So yeah, but um, I cried. It was beautiful to see Bodhi because on the way down, I was I was you know the. He came to the first peak, and um, it was a, a, a relief to see him there because I, I knew that he did it. Mm-hmm. He got up, and I was so happy for him. Um, That's all I cared about yeah. was him being on the top. Freaking I didn't really care it. about anything else about it was this beautiful. trip. Just Bodhi for his birthday. Just make sure Bodhi gets to the top of his birthday. Mm. It but, was all support system. What's interesting, so so I'm, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 48 uh, and a half. I'm getting close to 49, so it's, it's kind of like, can my knees can take this? Mm. As you know, I try my best to use good body mechanics to be mm-hmm. careful with my feet. I'm a minimalist runner, like like everybody else in this room. Mm-hmm. We're careful about how we place our foot when we when we step. That there's a limit to how much energy you have to to work on your posture and your alignment. Mm-hmm. There's a certain point at which you've got nothing left, and your legs you can hardly feel. And that's where I was going up. So imagine coming down. Yeah. And. We're going to, and you have to decelerate in very steep angles, very dangerous angles. It's cold and there's sharp drops everywhere. To get down, you still have to have just as much strength, if not more, to decelerate properly. Yeah. And so I went down and I was just thinking, um, I was actually really concerned that I was going to have a permanent double knee damage that I would not be able to recover from. Mm. Fortunately, I did. But I'm going to tell you, on the way down, um, I started doing what they call like uh, dirt skiing. You know, mm-hmm. when, you, when you go down a really steep, loose, mm-hmm. shaly kind of ground, we took the fast way down. And and uh, Eris, at some point, he was like arm in arm with me, like locked arms and shoulders. And, and we were like skiing together down. Oh, and wow. several times I landed on my ass, but he would pick me back up and we would do it again. And I thought, you know, this is painful. But we're gonna get to the destination faster than if we do it the other way, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, um, that's the thing is is like I could barely move. Uh, there were other ones of our porters that came and brought me juice um, part of the way down. They're mm. like, "Hey, brother," and they were like giving me hugs and saying, "You know, you did it," and gave me like mango juice and stuff yeah. like that. And it was just enough to get home. But I remember when I came into the cabin, you know, um, Seamus, you were you were recovering. And I felt like I just needed to tell you, I can't talk. Like my executive functions are gone. Mm -hmm. And I told you, and he was just like, okay. And then I couldn't even get my clothes off. The Mm. porters took, 
my shoes off and my jackets off and the extra clothes. I had like, you know, four it was or overwhelming. Five it wow. really was. I couldn't do anything. And I was shaking and I felt like so exhausted and tired and emotional that I, that there's no amount of crying that would have helped. I just felt mm. sick emotionally, energetically overwhelmed. It was the most intense mm. thing I'd done in any kind of recent history at all, like in decades. Wow. It was truly a, an ordeal. And so I'm so glad that I told myself that this has to mean something for me. And for mm -hmm. me, it really did. I don't need to go into the details of what that is. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that I made this trek for love. Mm. Wow. And then he got an wow. hour's rest and then he had to march again. Yep. We had to get up and go again. As I was yep. telling you, the flaw in the system. Yeah. After that entire ordeal, which was very heartfelt and very emotional, what he just said, mm. you had like, Okay, let's go. <laughs> You're like, uh Wow. Yeah. For Thank me it was a different experience because I was coming down into this snowstorm and our guide got lost. <laughs> and uh That's right. He had oh this teeny God. he had this teeny That's little awesome. teeny little headlamp. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was like and I was like, I'm cruising along, right? And I know like I was telling the guides, I know what outside is like. I go camping and I do tracking and I do all this sort of stuff. I'm cruising on with this dude, and I'm like, it smells like we're lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a big old whiff. We're lost, buddy. I'm like, hey, we're lost. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> we're lost. And he's like, no. I'm like, okay. You don't think we're lost. That's fine. So a little bit while longer. And he kept saying, you'll feel better as you go down. And I didn't. I said, look. And I grabbed him and I looked at him and I said, listen to me. Carlos and I have spent many a night in a cave. I'm okay sleeping in one of these numerous caves you have here until morning time. We have food. We have water. Nothing's going to be any different. Yeah. And I'm like, look around. And I click on my headlamp and it goes, vroom, and it illuminates the valley. He's like... Hey, give me your headlamp. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, we're going to get back because Technology. I'm going to give you this headlamp. And as soon as I gave him my headlamp, he figured out where we were. But it was wow. like this huge, That's long, long Oof. period. Well, in the cave, right? Tell about the cave. Well, there is this one cave where a German person actually had spent, and that's where they use that as their base camp. And I did okay. get a 20-minute nap in that cave. Mm. But there were numerous caves all throughout this whole like part. And I was like, dude, you and I pop in there. Like I was just thinking of you. I was like, dude, mm. how many times have you and I done something like exactly. that? Exactly. You know what I mean? We're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. We don't know where we're at. It's a bad idea for us to continue. Yeah. This is find a spot to post up. Hunger down. Yeah. Enjoy the evening. Morning time yeah. will happen. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, no. But he needed my headlamp. <laughs> that was, that's what i really enjoyed like some of their gears oh, that were like oh yeah here's yeah. i'm like look we're, there's a cave right over there he's like hey give me your headlamp that'll get us home wow you should you should mail him one yeah actually yeah. i thought about giving him mine but i actually yeah. needed it for the rest of my journey well, there so you go. Yeah. when i return to go to the top of mount kilimanjaro again i'm gonna give him one i, I just want to report real quick sure that i did loan seamus my rain pants so Those were fantastic. There was a by the part way. of me that went to Tanzania. Those nice. were fantastic. So nice. I just want to, you know, say that. Shout and out get, to the self. Yeah, yeah I cannot yeah, say that. You know. the, the, those therm, that last part when you put uh, two thermal layers on and then like ring pants, like 
everything in the area was all swaying nice. Mm. It's important it was, to sway. It was, it was oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, swaying yeah. is, that is part of my journey. Oh, was, that part of my journey was not a problem. Yeah. I actually was overheated. They were like, "Oh, you need all this sort of stuff." So I put all this stuff on. I was like, yeah. ah, "Like, yeah. you know, like when you sweat, you don't feel good." And I think that played a lot into <laughs> me vomiting. Mm-hmm. But I was hot and not asking the mountain for permission. I'm sure probably had <laughs> before, something to do with it. Before you know. I don't know if I did. Before, yeah, I don't think well, I did. For sure, <laughs> I don't think I did. For sure, next time. But but before we left, when we had the uh, the guides going over our, our materials, it was kind of yeah. He told he failed me. It was kind of cute because because I, I was so worried that I didn't have enough of the right shit. You uh-huh. know, so I just got I brought what I brought and like. He's like, Carlos, you're totally prepared. And Seamus, goes, you suck. And I'm like, Dude. He had that voice. He's like, you are well prepared. And I, was like, I felt so proud. I was like, I was like, like yes, I'm hey, well prepared. Man. Like, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Well, and, you know, and, and, you know, Seamus, I know you have the minimalist philosophy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, minimalism. I mean, that's... I mean, arguably, he'd have, like, better equipment than me. But, but I guess, I don't know, whatever. Maybe for that particular trip or something. Yeah. My jacket right was the problem. It didn't have pit zips. Oh, so you couldn't I vent could heat. I could not express the fact how hot I was <laughs> in my clothes. Oh, I man. literally was sweating so hot. Yeah. I'm climbing Kilimanjaro with like open shirt because I'm oh. sweating so much because my clothes just didn't. Yeah. I needed the, it was one of the other things too. I needed a pit zip. Oh, yeah. And then I know that I would have. I should don't need I should have uh, given you my other jacket that went with. That's good well. equipment review though. Like, right. Yeah. Like we could, we could, you know, in a sense, um, this is great hands on experience that you could use like for reviewing material like you know what you need for kilimanjaro i do Mm, not to eat bring some (laughs) oxygen and have some pit zips yeah those are those are the the thing the three things that i'm going to do next time hopefully next february yeah we'll go back for walter's birthday yeah. Ooh. walter Walter. took me walter took me to a nightclub in tanzania for his birthday okay and I had a really good time. Let's just say I had a really yeah, good time. Yeah, a really good yeah. time, huh? All right. Walter um, Lois um, is the kind of like the head manager for the Kilimanjaro uh, Resort. The hotel that we stayed at. Yeah, which was a hotel. And again, uh, shout out to him specifically. Whether he's there still or he goes somewhere else, that guy. That dude. He should be president of Tanzania. He should. Honestly. Wow. He yeah. is so on it. I okay. could not believe. And he's young. He's like, what was he, 27? Yeah, yeah. He was young, but he had this unusual, even for here, like mm. this unusual sense of how to treat people who it's are your super clients. super morality when okay. it came to that. Yeah, his ethic around mm. treating his clients was like, I'm going to treat you like you're my own son. Yeah. Wow. And, and he it showed. was so caring. And it... We became real genuine friends. Not friends with Not him. just like business partnership. Yeah. Or, right. He was a genuine friend to us. He loves us. He really cared about us. This is, this is concierge mountain climbing. It's yeah. true yeah. concierge well, mountain climbing. We, we went to, amazing, we so, went yeah. to uh, Zanzibar deal. with him, and we went on this thing called a blue safari. Yeah, he came, he came to visit us. Yeah. He came okay. To, he's yeah. like, because we were like, dude, like, I come, miss you guys. Yeah, I want to come, come visit on. you. I'm like, what? Come. That's awesome. Totally. Like, so we love hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. It was great. And uh, we're sitting there on this boat full of uh, all the, uh, a mishmash of people. There's Norwegians there and uh, some French people. Mm-hmm. And there were some uh, South African, yeah, some Germans, some South Africans. Um, and these women were uh, very, I mean, you could have taken these, there were like, what, six of them? Yeah. Shove them into Beverly Hills. And they would have been fine. Like that was their mentality. Everything okay. was like um, they probably paid six to seven times the amount of price of the ticket that Carlos and I paid. Okay, because they just don't care. 
And one of them was just having an attack of like, you need to do this, you need to do that. And Walter just kicks in. He's like, Drama. hey, you're on vacation. You need to relax. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I mean, he gave these people this speech mm-hmm. that was so heart moving and wrenching. It shut the whole entire boat up. And at the end of it, I was, the only thing I could say was, Walter, I love you. Like, yep. wow. Yep. <laughs> I was like, Walter, I love you. Like, you did the most amazing thing on this. Like, this hmm. this, this thing that you did was just, am- it was like, like seeing a person in their true form. And he just literally was just speaking honestly. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, he didn't like these people at all. You could easily tell, but he mm. still went and did that extra mile for them. Yeah. Mm. He went out of his and, way to really express and compassionately, and he's like, but clearly. Like, Listen, nice. you're a guy, in place a you're a guy okay. that you paid way. for. Mm-hmm. He doesn't speak very good English. So yeah. why are you making him feel bad? <clears throat> he doesn't know how to do this thing that you're asking for. And by the way, that guy was speaking excellent Italian. Yeah. Oh, really? Because he wow. had an Italian couple that okay. he was helping. That, yeah. And his English was, you know, like his third language or something. He's doing the best mm-hmm. he could. Honestly, his name was Simba too. Yeah, but he was a... He was the false Simba. He was a false Simba. The true Simba is sitting right here with us. I'm actually but, uh, Kimba, the white lion. You guys should look that up. Just type right. in Kimba. Absolutely. Okay. You can see the no YouTube, you can see the the YouTube videos of Kimba, the white lion. Okay. Right. But outside of that, you know, he did yeah. a damn good job. Um, you know, and... and Actually, he did a fine job. He yeah. gave us like pineapple and he was pineapple really good. Pineapple and watermelon. He and, took care yeah, of like other great. people Coconut. in the tour because his English was good enough and these other people didn't know anything. He like kind of adopted everybody. But these... South African people, the, the entitled peoples of the world, we know what entitled peoples are. Mm. They weren't having any of it. Entitlement issues. Entitlement <laughs> issues. Um, but yeah, so so needless to say, uh, Walter, in the time that we were there, became a genuine friend. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I would definitely consider him a true friend, not nice. just a person who was there at in Africa who helped us, yeah. but uh, we felt genuine care and love that developed in the, it's, in the time sometimes we when so you nice. travel you so never really know forever. oh yeah. yeah when you meet a native of the place that you're going to when you meet the natives of a chap you never really know and mm-hmm. you never really know i've traveled all around china and thailand and things like that and sometimes you never really know sometimes this person's just hanging out with you because they know they're going to get a drink at the bar right it's you know? it's opportunism opportunism and selfishness and it mm. well and it's also economic. You can't blame them for that sure. social economic. It's understandable. This, you, know, mm-hmm. you can totally get around that. It's understandable. Understanding that sort of thing. But Walter, he wasn't like that. Nah. He actually he called, cared. He cared. He actually called people on the phone. Like we went around for this blue safari that I was talking about, and they wanted $75 for each person. And Walter got on the phone and he said, okay, it's going to be this much. And then later on, I did the calculations. And we did like three people tour for $75. Yeah. Because he got okay. on the phone and be like, A, listen, A is A and B is B. And you can't do that. So it's going to be this and that's it. And we're, we're like watching this dude. <laughs> He'd say things like, it goes like this. Yeah, it goes like this, my friend. And he would say. It's not, like, it's not what you're thinking. It goes like this. Right. And he would do this He said constantly. that over and over again. It goes like this. Hmm. And it would just go, had a way about it, him. It, yeah. it was just beautiful. Like yeah. he said, he should be president of Tanzania. This, this yeah. dude. Big is, heart. Big heart. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, maybe he will be. I hope maybe so. Well, we, we kept be. thinking, uh, well, I kept observing, we talked about this uh, together, uh, that when you meet someone and you just know that if they stay alive and they keep at it, they're going to go really freaking go far. Mm, because he people. really had a moral compass that was yeah. uh, 
Just, and, a, and an emotional intelligence to be able yeah. to understand things that instinctively a lot of people don't. Yeah. Like, wow, that's I awesome. can screw the very common when you travel is I'm going to screw this person over for as much as I can for right. this minute. Right. Which we experienced a few times. Remember yeah, you, the, the guy when we were renting the place uh, at the end oh, the in Zanzibar? He was, a, he was an this. idiot. Mm. Not an idiot, but he was, he was, let's say he was. Uh, shallow and self-centered and only concerned with his own value not yeah. not not really concerned with the care that walter mm-hmm. uh, would show and some of these other friends that we made yeah, yeah so he was he was not a good example of of what we're talking about he was a great example of the other which mm-hmm. is the the shallow self let me get as much as i can mm-hmm. from you yeah self for this minute right which is what you normally get when you travel yeah like Where's, in india India is a, a perfect example of that. If mm-hmm. he came here, I would love to take care of him for while he was here and visit and give show him a good time. So would Seamus. We would love yeah. to like, you know, party with him and, and just show him a good time and things like that. So yeah. because he's the kind of person that deserves it. Yeah, mm, I have so never awesome. met a person in all my travels, and I've traveled to so many countries and lived out of this country for so many years mm. that I could actually really genuinely say that I don't really think he has an agenda. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's pretty rare. It's rare. That's it's super rare. rare because like everybody has an agenda in the third world. Oh, I'm going to get mm. 20 bucks from you. Oh, I'm going to get a bottle of $1, one ruby, one pen. You know, <laughs> that's India right there. $1, one ruby, one pen. That's all they say to you for hours and hours. And, you know, Whoa. just. Wow. Just not that. Hmm. Walter, I did get uh, a you Facebook the friend request from one of the guys, yeah. oh, one of your yeah. guides or it's something. Probably, probably, probably Hope. Uh huh. Hope. Hope Aristides, which is Aristides. Okay. And also Walter Lois. Uh, you should accept both of those because they're. I think really, I did. Yeah. They're yeah. really good guys. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Good fun stuff. I really enjoyed. Say hi to those fellows. Uh, do I need to get my phone out to you? Uh, question. Yes, Oliver. Is it possible to open it up to questions from the larger? Group? Yeah. You want a Q and A? Yeah, we can Q and A. I I have a couple of questions. All right, Big O, hit him up. Does anybody else have any questions? That's are you our on, guide. Are you on mic? Yeah. No, I'm gonna have that was the one who brought me. All right. By the way, um, it's really nice to have you guys over. Thanks, Big O. I don't think I'm going to edit this one at all. Don't edit good. it. So my question is, you were saying that you didn't get much sleep because they were rushing you through the, the, you know, the, the trip to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Was that for economic reasons? Was it because they needed no. to get lots of people up and down so they could make enough money no. to sustain their business? I don't no. think so. No. Was there I'll a good why. reason for that? Yes, or was it there a... is a good reason for that. Okay. What okay. is it? You ready? They didn't collect water, for one. There isn't enough water at that base camp to actually sustain the population that the previous base camp does. The previous base camp has a stream that runs right by it. And they have all kinds of water, so they can do all kinds of food items. But the one at the base camp, there isn't, you know, despite the fact that it, like, snowed and there was so much snow everywhere, I was like, why don't you put that Collect into your water collection system? There isn't enough water there, basically, which is the reason why they do it. They do it that way. They get you there, they pump you up, get you to the top, and then get you back down to where there's water. So is there like no infrastructure up there? Is there any like are there any buildings at the top? Yes, there's infrastructure there. There is buildings there. There's lodges. They have like an older style lodge and then a newer style lodge. And I tried to get into us into the newer style lodge, but and I think that would have made a huge difference, but we got stuck in the older style lodge and it was all musty and stone and crazy, but fuck. Yeah. 
It was burly, man. It was an experience. I loved it. Anybody I wouldn't change any of it. All right, Danny. This is Danny. I, want, I had a question about the uh, geographics. I was looking at the map. Uh, it's, a, it's a volcano, right? Mm -hmm. So is there a crater where you go down? Did you go down into the crater, or was the yeah. summit on the outside of the crater? We went into the crater. And then the, the next summit is inside the crater? Is that Yeah, it's like what, three days in, mm -hmm. you get to the crater. It's like an extra hike that you do. It's very, very uh, lush and lots of growing things in there. And then uh, it's like a side hike that you do. Yeah. And then like um, for the next uh, two or three days, you end up working your way up to the very top. Which is in the middle of the crater? Um, no, it's beyond the crater. So Kilimanjaro is above and crater is next to it. Beyond, beyond, the the crater. Crater. beyond the crater. Yes. Coming to you live, beyond the crater. All right. Were you coming in from the north, or where was your camp? And was it, let's see, to the west, to the east? You were in Tanzania, we were, uh, right? If so, if, east, if east you were looking the mountain, at Kilimanjaro, south of the mountain. we would be on the east side, and we came up from the east. There's multiple ways to get to, to the top of Kilimanjaro, by like, the way. I mean, yeah. There's, it like I, it, the base camp, they have like a map, and there's five different ways to get to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, the way we took was the way that had uh, infrastructure, as Oliver was saying. Uh, there was housing and things like that. But you can, you can do it in a tent. So the, the way we took was six days. There's like a nine-day. There's like, there's like an entire month you can go and start at one side of the park, and it'll take like a month to get to the top of the other way. So that's another reason why a lot of people have altitude sickness is because we're doing a shorter trek. But if you're doing a longer trek, you can actually get more acclimatized as you go. Hmm. All right. Tina, you have anything to say? Tina, come on, baby. <laughs> Not, yes, you can where, sit down in the chair. Where would each of you like to go next together? We're going to the sardine run off the coast of Madagascar. Okay. Well, the other thing, though, I mentioned, <laughs> we, we, haven't, we, we did discuss that, but oh, we okay. also discussed um, going to a particular part of Mexico in Sonora, uh, a specific area, I can't think of the name of it right now, but where they have a really amazing um, Dia de los Muertos. So during that time, like in October... Um, there's a specific route that I want to do that I, I was hoping that uh, Dean, a.k.a. Bodie, and Seamus and myself would do for like just maybe like four or five days, maybe a week, um, and everyone here would be w welcome. It, it's, a, it's a whole journey. It's about maybe two or three hours from Mexico City, and I would really like to experience it because it's a place where they really do Dio de los Muertos really kind of authentically. They kill mm. you and then bring you back to life. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. how authentic it is. So I'm hoping That's that we can experience to the it. Hollywood cemetery. Right. right. Yeah. So we're going to Tina. We're going to the sardine runs next. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I just texted uh, Walter and uh, uh, Stella, who runs Mbogo, Mbogo Tours, and she just—I uh, told her we were mentioning her right now, and she's actually <laughs> awake enough to say hello, blessings, blessings. Yeah, it's morning time in Tanzania now yeah. because all the the friends—they yeah. they always hit me up. Like right when I'm going to sleep, my phone goes bring, 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 bring. There's like nine messages. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, you haven't figured out yet. I'm going to bed. You're you're waking up and going and doing whatever you're doing, but I'm going to bed. You know the most amazing part about Africa, though was when I looked in the sky 
because you're in the other side of the equator and it's not the same sky. There's a Southern Cross there and all this other stuff. And I'm like, where are we? What are we doing? And then Carlos and I tried to talk to these crazy Russian people that were obviously talking about the sky. And Carlos was like, hey, what do you think of that? And they were like just ignoring him. And Carlos wasn't having any of it. <laughs> and, I, and it was one of the most, it was a little sub little story that was so dear to my heart because it was like, yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I know you know I'm talking to you. <laughs> don't even tell me. Don't even tell act me. Act like you don't speak English. I know you're trying I know to you not, do. I, you don't even tell me you don't speak English. <laughs> I know you do. I may not speak German, but I know you speak English. They were Russian or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, or Czech or something. Yeah, they were yeah. Czech or something they, they like were, that. They, they were, were uh, let's say, Slavic. Yeah. I could okay. hear in, the, in their voice it was Slavic. Wow. Yeah. Uh, of some kind. Uh, and they, but it was just... So, Seamus, this oh, was, you. out of all your travels, mm-hmm. this was your first trip to the motherland. To the African continent. The Africa. Yeah. Africa. 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 Yeah. We, well, some of us. Is the earth in Africa really red? A lot no. of it. No, it's it's more of a of a clay color. It well, literally is clay, that. I guess. It literally is that. Uh, it's not red. I'm but it's, like... it's 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 earth. It's clay. Everywhere was clay. It literally was so clay. I was like, wow, how do you guys grow stuff in this? And like, wow, this is the weirdest soil because, you know, as a permaculturalist, many of you don't know that I'm a permaculturist, but like I'm always, my hand is always in soil and I'm just like, wow, you know, soil to me looks uh, that brown color that we have. And, you know, there's like all this life and all these microbes in it. And there's like, there wasn't any of that in Africa, but yet everything was so lush. And it just really confused me a lot. And I really enjoyed it because of that. Like when we were on that hor- horrific bus ride to Dar es Salaam, right? Oh god, that was I, terrible. I, uh, uh, I looked out. I looked <laughs> that out that. Terrible. I looked out that window a lot. Yeah, because uh, Carlos and Bodie were sitting together, and I took yeah. the I took the nub seat, which was the rando seat. When you travel with three people, it's weird. <laughs> awkward. I, yeah, it's awkward because there's always a rando dude. There's always like the you know like you guys are on a date, and I'm the third person. It always happens that way with Third the seating. Wheel, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's always Janet on Three's Company. <laughs> right. It's yeah. always Janet. And you're like, ugh. Janet. You know? And uh, so I was hanging out with the... the I would l- totally date Janet, by the way. I would too. I'm just saying. And Chrissy. Of course, everybody And would. Chrissy. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, Nobody's going to date John Ritter, right? No. No, because he's uh, dead. John Ritter you can't date a dead person, happen. dude. Why would you date a dead person? Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's like, what's the dude... Muertos. Hello. Muertos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not. We got to go to Mexico Brilliant in order to date is. John Ritter. <laughs> it's not worth it. Hey, if we go to Mexico, we can date John Ritter because it's a That's true. Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. That's so, true. you know, I'm looking at that African, some of the most amazing flora and fauna that I've ever seen. It literally looked, Africa literally looked like there should be some brontosaurus just turning its head yeah, right out true. of the you're <laughs> Jurassic like, Whoa, Park. Look, look at this yeah. weird yeah. plant. Yeah. I've Full never on. seen anything like this before. It's super tall. It's like yeah. 12 feet tall. Where's the brontosaurus? It was like, <laughs> yeah. There it, is a brontosaurus in this patch. I know for sure. Let me yeah. go find him. Land you know? of the Lost. It is total Land of the Lost. Mm. Like, it was amazing. Yeah, it, was it was really, a, really it was, cool. And that was the funny thing. I asked Jackson when you're telling the story about Jackson about mm. all the, you know, so when I'm hiking with him and we're on this well- you know, trodden path and to the left and to the right of you is this huge vegetation. So you can't even really see to the left or the right. And I'm like, you know, Jackson, what's up here, man? Like who lives here? Like what kind of creatures are up here? What's you know, up, Jackson? Yeah. 
And like, tell me what's around here. Are there elephants up here? He's like, no elephants. There's no tigers. He's like, there's there's rams. And I'm like, cool. Well, where are they? He's like, well, you see them every once in a while. And I'm like, you know, you're hiking along and you, there's all this stuff to the left and to the right of you that you don't really get to experience. And I'm like, I always call it being an American. Like, what's over there? Because <laughs> not a lot of cultures have that, mm-hmm. that curiosity. Yeah, they, they sort of follow suit. You know, yeah. They don't, they and, don't and, break the You molds. know, I'm on this well-trodden path, and of course I'm a Leo and curious. My tail waves everywhere. And I'm like, so, so what is over there, Jackson? He's like, oh, nobody goes over there. I'm like, well, why? He's like, well, why would you want to go over there? I'm like, well, it's fucking cool over there, man. Check it out. Like, that, it like opens up to this huge basin. And you're like, there's nothing there. Mm. You'd be out on this plateau. And there's like, wow. And he's like, yeah, but the, why would you want to do that? I'm like, because it would be awesome to be over there looking at all that stuff. And he's like, it's just, it's just, it's just Africa over there. Like, they can't appreciate it. Mm. One of the most amazing things that I've ever learned about travel I read in a travel book about Jamaica, which was the first country I ever went to. And they said in that book, listen, you might think this place is a paradise and it's golden beaches, clear water, fish everywhere, but the locals, that's just their home. And this was in the travel guide. Yeah, it was in the book. And I was that, like, wow, that's really enlightening because they don't, they don't appreciate it the way we go to Jamaica. Oh, look at that clear blue water. Mm-hmm. And there was people using the yeah. toilet right next to it yeah yeah because they don't appreciate it the way we appreciate it and that's mm. always one of the things that's stuck in my mind in all my travels that i've always thought about was i appreciate this because like it's an experience but to them like jackson's climbed mount kilimanjaro 50 times how is it super Mm-hmm. You know why is it so awesome? We make it awesome. That's why Jackson enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's climbed the mountain so many times; it's boring to him. You yeah, know? just a day at the office. Just for a day him. at the office. Wow. It's amazing how wine glasses get filled up. Isn't yeah, it, Seamus? Thanks, Big O. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's Big O, very, do you have more Q and A? Do you true. have another question? You were you were seriously into. He's like, I haven't heard because we've all been in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Many of us haven't even seen each other in three months, mm-hmm. which is unusual and wrong because we hang out all the time. That's right. We do. That's right. Yeah. And so we were being good citizens and doing the quarantine thing, but I think the big O has more questions. This is Justice League. Justice League. Super best friends. Let me sit there. Yeah. 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 Take, take, take it over, big O. <laughs> don't push any buttons, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't no. touch it. See this equipment? It belongs to Master Bruce. Don't touch it. <laughs> no one pushes buttons except for me. Um, <laughs> so I would like to know, like, let's chunk up a little bit here. Okay. Like, tell me, like, in very broad brushes, what your trip was from beginning to end. Like, where you were, like, the, the, the major locations you were at. All right. I, can, I can tell you. You want to do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. You can fill in, jump in. When, when okay. You so, you know, we, we flew into Frankfurt to meet up with our buddy, uh, Dean, a.k.a. Was Bodhi. Bo- that was amazing. That was great. I can highly recommend if you meet another human being that you totally love in a totally different place than where you normally meet them, 
do so. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it it's is a, one of the most amazing things. It's like yeah. two in the morning. Carlos and I were, you know, it's like two in the morning for us, but it's like 10 o'clock in Frankfurt. So everyone's mm. all, we're all German people, as happy as we can be. And, <laughs> and uh, Carlos and I were like, Sorry, Danny. We're, we're the walking dead, you know, yeah. we're like, yeah. and boom, there's Bodhi, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're like, great. hey, what's up? Let's go buy some and Kinder we actually, Chocolate. We took a nice uh, little <laughs> selfie at that moment when we met. And then we, we went into um, uh, an area of Ethiopia called Abu Dhabis. No, it was it was Yabba Dabble. Yeah, no, no, no. It, let's try this again. It was Addis Ababa. Addis Ababa. Well, Addis Ababa. Addis Ababa. Yeah. That's the capital of Ethiopia. Correct. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah, Addis Ababa. Except for me, because I call it Yabba Dabble. Right. And um, <laughs> we, you know, we were going to be there overnight. So uh, Seamus and I decided that we were going to get a wonderful. Well, hold on a minute. Bodhi had already traveled there, so he was like, "They give you a free complimentary hotel." He's like, screw that. I booked us at a different place. So we had to get a visa to actually go into Ethiopia, 50 bucks. It was totally worth it because yeah. we cruised into this hotel and there was some weird stuff going on, but it was maybe 11 o'clock at night and I love Tej, which is honeymead honey wine. wine. Honey okay. Wine. Apparently, you can only get Tej here in America at the Ethiopian restaurants because there was no place in Ethiopia that How had Tej. How many times we freaking asked that question? <laughs> I was like, hey, like, I want some Tej. We want like, Tej. What is that word? I'm they like, Tej, it is. honey mead, wine, honey mead wine. They're like, we don't know what that is. Mm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Wine made from honey. It's from your country. So we get into this taxi, the, the hotel lady, she gets us into this taxi. We go to this first restaurant, closed. Second restaurant, Closed. closed. Third restaurant, the guy's like, do you just, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but would you just like to go eat something local? We're like, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we've been trying to do the whole time, and I want some Tej. He's like, no Tej. I'm like, okay, fine. I won't have any Tej in Ethiopia. But you the have to best be chicken me. around. Wow. Oh, okay. He took us to this local place. He goes, he's in the taxi, and he goes, all right, you go in there, and here's what you order. You say, I want a half a chicken, or I want a whole chicken. That's what he says. So Carlos goes in there and orders us a whole chicken. So Fuck we split yeah. it. There you go. And, and go he, big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> we got a half a chicken on this huge, like, you know how Mexican restaurants have, the, you know, your typical Mexican oval plate restaurant? Yeah. We all know what they are. They yep. always come in the oval we plate. So there was an <laughs> oval plate. Half of it was chicken. The other half of it was this, like, saffron with... Uh, it was kind of like a succotash, but peas better. and had... Oh, oh the most amazing succotash. rice that I've ever had. It was, it was delicious. saffron with peas and all these little and carrots little, and little micro vegetables in it. Yeah, it was good. And it was amazing. It was really good. And the chicken. Holy crap! That chicken. I is cannot. Good. It was some bottom zinga action, man. I used to like, work for boom. the Pentagon, and I want to help you get your chicken on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I have never had anything before, nor will I have anything after. And if I ever fly through Ethiopia, we have it's on the have to go there. It's on the Facebook. There's pictures of it. And by the way, it was in the middle of the ghetto. Oh my gosh! It was Mm. it was like by any other means, most people go, "Whoa, I'm not comfortable here. This is dangerous." But that's where the good chicken's at. Correct. (laughs) I on the other hand, it was amazing. It was was like it was was like paprika. Yeah, some weird Ethiopian paprika salt thing. Amazing chicken. And it was just what was that? That incredible uh, uh, kind of like salsa that they made with spicy chilies and. It was incredible. It was so hot. 
I mean, literally, I cannot tell you. Yeah. We but got the back to the hotel and Bodhi's like, you guys okay? And we're like, no, we're <laughs> fine. We're like well beyond okay. You yeah. missed out on this chicken. And nothing it was as good. Did you pull a Marcellus Wallace? I'm pretty fucking far from being okay. I'm pretty far <laughs> from being okay. <laughs> so then we ate that. Yeah. And then we flew to Tanzania. We went to a place called Moshi, which is a city in Tanzania. And that's like the springboard for Kilimanjaro. So okay. then we did that for six days. Well, wow, you guys are still answering my question. I'm impressed. Yeah. No, no. I could, <laughs> I could, I could be way more detailed about this. No, no. We're good. Remember, we're, we're trying to get chunked up right. here. Chunking it. So then from Kilimanjaro, we spent another day or two in Moshe just to kind of recover. And then we took the crazy uh, bus ride to Dharamsalam, where Carlos went to the Doubletree Hotel mm-hmm. and got mm-hmm. screwed over. Here's, ha- here's what happens when you go to Dharamsalam and check into the Doubletree Hotel and then try to go eat their breakfast the next day. They tell you that breakfast is only available on the day that you check in. So you're only allowed to eat breakfast before you arrive. That was just one example. Yes, Tina. (laughs) Yes, with your little turn my head over the shoulder and go, what the hell did I just hear? You're only allowed to eat breakfast before you arrive. The day before, because most of the time you can't check into a hotel until like 2 o'clock. So how are you supposed to eat breakfast before you check in? And that was just one of the numerous things that happened in Dharamsalam. It was a horrible, like... Yeah. Scammer, not happy with Dara yeah. Salam. Like, just there's no salam in that, my friend. No, there's no salam in that. There's no salam for sure. <laughs> and then, so we got screwed <laughs> over there for a night or two, and then we caught the boat to Zanzibar. And then in Zanzibar, we had uh, a good six days or so. Thank God for that, because after this is remember, this is when this was recovery time after the intense of being journey that I mentioned from Kilimanjaro. So being able to rest, uh, eat delicious food, fresh juice, uh, like smoothies and, and juices and amazing kind of like uh, sunny beaches and things like that. Yeah, that was a good. really yeah. important thing for us to, yeah. like, it was really good that you thought about that, Shane, yeah, to like, yeah. let's take this last week. It was good planning. Mm-hmm. Like, let's freaking absorb enjoyment. And so, you know, like we all had our own desires. I told him one of my desires was, was to like be able to get some sun because I haven't really soaked in some sun. I really want to, I want to take off my shirt. I want to really get like full on, you know, full on Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yep. exactly. Full on. I'm going to go full Matthew McConaughey here, get some sunlight, run on the beaches, you know, get in the water. Um, and it was awesome. It was fun. It was, it was really helpful because I felt like my knees finally healed. Seamus and I were, and, and, and Dean and I were, all of us were eating good food and and uh, nice. finding different restaurants yeah. to eat and and it was delicious, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, if we you want to plan lazy, I'm your dude. Nice. I can plan lazy like mm-hmm. no other. Like, <laughs> so and then you flew home from there. No, oh. then we went back to Moshi okay. and had a night or two, and then we went uh, to the airport and came home from there. Yeah, wow. because Walter basically basically we hung out at Walter's hotel for another night. So okay, one one final question. No, keep that's final. Point, just keep more. At some point, you found out about the COVID nineteen pandemic mm-hmm. while you were in Africa. Mm-hmm. At what point did you? Um, I mean, what point did it hit you there? Um, it really didn't hit me until uh, I got back. Same. Okay. And then five days later, they said you can't go anywhere. So they right. weren't making a big deal of it in Africa. You know, 
It's really no, they were arguing over tomatoes and onions. Yeah, it, 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 let's put it this way. Um, you know the cry wolf concept. Yeah, we have had so many warnings about H one N one and avian, you know, pig right. flu, all that kind of stuff. So after a while, it's like, is it true? Is it not true? Is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? It's kind of hard to tell. And, I've, I've, right. and so we didn't know. We didn't know if it was really a big deal or not. So we Every, came back, and luckily we we slipped in under the water wire. But the truth is, we didn't know if it was really something to be worried about because we've had so many false yeah. starts, kind That's of what I'm warnings saying. and stuff. I, like that. I've lived through everybody in this room. I know for a fact we've lived through like twelve zombie apocalypses: Y two K, right? Swine flu, right. the end of the Mayan calendar. We've right. lived th- we, we've lived through them all. <laughs> like we've we've survived all of these quote zombie apocalypse. But you know, it's hard to argue with the, the word pandemic. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys made it home. Actually, I would have pre- I would I would prefer to be in Thailand just if I would have done my if I would have done my lockdown, if I would have had a, like a choice. Mm, and curry. Yeah, I would have had some I would have had some Thailand. I would have been Thailand. like, "Great, I'm stuck in Thailand. Great." That's that. That'll be your reggae album, Thailand Lockdown. Thailand Lockdown. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give my seat back to whoever wants. Okay, to. all right. Danny or Tina, you have more questions? You know, Satch. Satch, do you have more questions? Surely you have more questions. You're so inquisitive. Oh, I'm very inquisitive. Oh, okay. You mentioned safari. Did you actually go on safari? Mm-hmm. Blue safari. We went on a blue safari. Not an actual. So the blue safari not was the wild jungle animal safari. No, no. Well, the blue safari, safari is water. What is a, uh, the, the blue safari, safari was on this. This was an amazing day. Mm-hmm. Good time. The first thing we had to do was walk uh, probably, um, you know, 300 yards to a boat. It was far. It was a far walk. And the, uh, the South African women that I mentioned earlier. They stepped on a bunch of sea urchins, so they had a bunch of sea urchins in their feet. But Carlos and I wore shoes because you had to walk through the water. You had to walk through the water to get to the boat because it was a tidal thing. And then you got on the boat, and then you went to this little atoll, and you had some pineapple and coconut, fresh pineapple, fresh coconut, and everybody swam around and did all their things and got sunburned. And I stayed under the shade because I knew I'm a redhead, and you don't go in the sun. And we got sunburned. And then they took you to this other island where everyone was miserable because they were sunburned from the atoll. <laughs> and this atoll had like uh that's where they give you lunch and things like that and everyone complained because they were all sunburned and you had to pay for the toilet and all this other weird stuff well we didn't which, pay yeah i didn't pay we just did it i don't pay for the toilet it's just my thing i don't go in porta potties and i don't pay for toilets but <laughs> that is where i took that picture of that most Giant fucking giant spider, spider I've ever that seen. That was an amazing I've spider. I've never seen a spider Take that your big. hand and hold it up to the light, and that's how big that spider was. Right. That's no a joke. spider. That wow. spider was as big as your hand. Pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a great time with all that fun stuff. And um, before you went to the Blue Island, and in between the atoll, I forgot the most important part, which was the safari part. And you got to put a snorkel and fins on and jump into the water, and they would throw a little bait, and it was amazingly beautiful. Sorry. Not as beautiful as like the Red Sea. I would recommend if you want to go scuba diving to the Red Sea. It's one of the most amazing places to go scuba diving ever or just snorkeling or whatever. Um, it was really nice. And that's what they considered the Blue Safari because it was all underwater. And it, 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 yeah, we snorkeled and, snorkeled and saw and some beautiful 
um, underwater life. It wasn't the safari that most people think of safari with, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, elephants and there are no elephants in Zanzibar. Hyenas and it's on the lions brochure and stuff. Oh, it says so on the brochure. There's the no brochure. tigers or elephants in Zanzibar. It yes. says it. Yeah. But <clears throat> Seamus, wouldn't you agree? Um, it was a really interesting. Uh, um, let's say architecturally, it looked like you're in a kind of a, a pirate town or something. Oh, it was mm. great because it was you know originally a slave trade center. Mm-hmm. Zanzibar yeah. was a place where you got the like the primo slaves and wow. all that spices, kind of stuff. So other things it like that. It, just, it all this freaking mm-hmm. evil, yeah, yeah, shit. But at the same time, it's kind of a, a fun place in the sense that like you're you're diving into history so there's all there's a, like castle kind of like the battlements forts and stuff forts like that and mm-hmm. the best and, like, part of the best cool, part like, about that was you know, doorways and stuff we didn't even actually do any of the slave stuff yeah we didn't do any of that there's tours you that. can check out mm. but we, we decided didn't. to drink instead okay we drank we ate we, we explored <laughs> we interacted with people mm-hmm. we had a great time that's the best way to, yeah yeah there was yeah. there was we all these tours there was all these tours mm-hmm. that you could go on oh this is the former slave market and this is mm-hmm. the thing like that da, 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 and da, 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 slave thing this mm-hmm. that and that we didn't do any of it no no we were busy carousing we did we had a great time we and we met some really nice people some travelers fellow travelers had great meals and great great drinks and and explored danny did you go to the House of Wonders, Beit al-Ajin? No. In Zanzibar? No. Did not do that. Why mean, the hell not? I mean... Because we were too busy having a good time what we were doing. Man, if you saw some of my pictures, man, we had great, really great time. Um, even when we decided to have like the, the party experience, we would go... There was this like multiple level bar that we went to it was like five levels or something like that and we did that we had fun we mm-hmm. we uh we wow, ate delicious did we have food. fun in there too bad we can't tell you what we did it's all a secret <laughs> <laughs> what happens in zanzibar stays in zanzibar oh. it's worse than vegas <laughs> it's worse than vegas or better no. depending on how you yeah but it was incredible um you know just that that what was interesting too is like you're surrounded so, so we don't really see this as much here in the u.s and especially in southern california but you're surrounded by people who um, are are kind of wearing hajibs and uh, what's the other term for the coverings? I can't remember. Burka, Burka and various kinds of things. Um, so the women there are 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 dressed like that for the most part because it's primarily a, an Islamic. Zanzibar culture, is Muslim, right? Yeah. It's Muslim. Yeah. Um, but we normally think of that as being so conservative that there's no way they're going to make eye contact with you. They'll never shake your hand. That was not the truth. Not the case. When Mm -hmm. we were there, Mm -hmm. not only were they like friendly and communicative and shook hands, but they were touchy. They were flirty. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. They were flirting with me. I remember some of them calling out to me from the street. Hey, I remember you. Yeah. you know. (laughs) And it was like funny because you're thinking, how is this even possible? These are yeah. women who are wearing headdresses and coverings, and yet they're flirting with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously not Muslim. I'm not yeah. wearing any kind of Muslim clothing. Um, so I found it was really sweet and kind of cute that they mm. were doing that. But it's not what you would expect. You know, certainly we would expect that if, if that's the case, it would be more of a conservative thing. Don't make eye contact. Don't shake hands. Don't. And they were touching your shoulder and laughing and flirting. And it was really sweet and cute, mm. to be honest. Yeah. But it, it, it goes against or flies uh, uh, much afar from, from what most people would think about an Islamic culture. And I, I want to say that because 
it's so easy for us to dichotomize and kind of like judge and and have this opinion about what it's like. And, and Seamus, you introduced me to this concept of how most of the Islamic world, like in Indonesia, for example, yeah. is not like what we think of the standard closed-minded, closed uh, community of Islamics. You were telling me, Seamus, that when you were in Indonesia, that the women were like like normal yeah, uh, hang out. experience of women, like hang out. Yeah. Let's let's if you wanted to date them, you could connect with them and date with them if you want. And weren't you in 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 Asia, in, in Africa? There were quite a number of Islamic uh, women who were interested in, in hey, like, hey, hanging hey, out with you. Hey, hey, hey. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. They were uh, interested you know? in hanging out with Seamus, you know? Uh, so, who isn't? Who isn't? You know, who isn't? <laughs> but, like... Only, only the weird people who have, right. like, weird mental things going on with them yeah. don't appreciate... You know, and, and we don't fault them for that, because that's that's the limitation yeah, well, they have. You know, but, they have but, it's growing uh, experiences for people. You right. have to have... It's, you know... But it's a weird experience to say, like, to be a Californian and American and think of this as, like, um, what we think of as... Um, culturally true we think oh well islamic people are this way well that's a generalization that's not necessarily true we had direct experience of what it's like it's not like that everywhere yeah just because they're wearing the islamic um clothing and the what we would think of as restrictive kind of clothing Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily indicate that that like they believe it the same way we believe it right that's really what it, it comes down to. It doesn't tell you what they believe. And so we have to yeah. stay open and kind of like realize sure. that every yeah. person is an individual and how they experience it, you have to find out. You have to actually explore. Yeah. What do you yeah. feel? Mm-hmm. It's just because they're wearing a hijab or they're wearing a... doesn't necessarily mean... There's that they, some crazy Muslim thing. Oh, that they're extremists or whatever. Or that, yeah. that, you know, like, I think it's important. And I'm saying that because that was my real experience. I genuinely had that experience. And Seamus had that experience. We were there. When I was in India, for example, India Mm. is the second largest Muslim population on the planet, Mm. besides Indonesia, and then Pakistan is number three. So I was in India, just population-wise, they don't really feel the same way that you feel about it. Mm -hmm. They're just Muslim. So most people in America, they're actually Christian. Okay, well, when did you actually go to church? Oh, I go on Easter and Christmas. Well, you know, are you really Christian in that regard? Eh, you know, yeah. it's, your own, it's your own personal thing. Right. So I was in India. I was there for a friend's wedding, and we were doing the tourist shopping stuff, and we're cruising around, and we go into this one shop. It's got Buddhism. It's got Hinduism. It's got Jainism. It's got every ism you could possibly think of. Idols, paintings, sculptures, you know, all this stuff. Every single little knick-knack trinket you could possibly want to buy. I'm like, wow, this is a really awesome shop. There's, you know, six-foot-tall statues of the Buddha. There's, you know, two-inch statues of Ganesh. And I'm talking to the guy behind the counter, and I find out, well, he's a Muslim. And I'm like, you know, flicking my head, you're selling false idols. You're literally selling false idols. (laughs) You're a Muslim, and you're selling false idols. You're selling Buddhism and... You know, here's Ganesh. Here's Shiva. Now it's business. It's his business. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> it's just business. He's a Muslim. That's what he does. I just sell this stuff. I'm a merchant. That's what I sell. And there's no attachment to it the way we're like, wow, you're mm-hmm. a Muslim. You're selling he literally is 
selling false idols of God, mm -hmm. which yeah. is a total. I mean, if you read these books, it's total like, no, you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. here he is. It's just business. And he doesn't care. Why would mm -hmm. you? Right. You know, another, Why would I care? I was like, wow, I need to reframe. You know, whenever, whenever you look at driving culture in different places, you learn a lot about the culture. Like, for example, I remember being in China and the, the bus I was in just started to make a left turn right into oncoming traffic. And I just about grabbed onto my seat like, oh, my God. Here, right. And then they all just sort of it, it works perfectly. Around. Right. Yeah. But, as long but, as you hit your horn. Yeah. But here here in the U.S., it's all about whose turn is it? It's my turn. No, it's my turn. It's your turn. No, you go. You no, violated you go. Right. the rule. Right. And there's this idea of who's supposed to go. And then we get so locked into this that we forget that there is a completely different way to do it, which is we all just kind of sort of go at the same time. And we would think that that is impossible and cannot work. And then you see them do it and you go, But most of the world works. is actually that way. I know. They're doing yeah, it. I will totally yeah. tell you, most are, of the world is that way. We're the minority, aren't we, Seamus? Yeah. And that's the sense. You know, yeah. I got into a car in China once with this girl who she didn't touch... You know when you put a car in a drive, the car the car drives? You know, you're not accelerating, you're not decelerating. She didn't touch the brake, she didn't touch the pedal. She just put the car in a drive and literally turned her head towards me to the right and talked the whole time, not even looking forward. She didn't look forward. She looked at me the whole time and was just talking and driving and talking, just in drive. Mm -hmm. We're going like three, four, five miles an hour, whatever it is when you put your car in drive, whatever mm -hmm. it does. She didn't stop. <laughs> she didn't do anything. She just literally just drove in the car, not even paying attention to anything. And we went all over town that way. I was literally clutching mm. my white knuckles to the seat because mm -hmm. we'd get to an intersection with a red light. Did she stop? No. She just turned right. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was in India many, many years ago, uh, you know, when you drive in India, depending on where you're at, there are cows and monkeys and people. And, Aren't there? I mean, just dogs and everything right in the street. And you just sort of feel like every two seconds you're going to hit something. And then they just, they, they don't. They just keep going through all this, this chaos. And yeah. I said to my taxi driver, I asked him, have you ever hit a cow? And he just, he just went, mmm. Mm. Give me a nice big yes. <laughs> and I knew he was, he has hit a cow. You yeah. know, that's, that's, that's quite it's something interesting to that have you done. Would say a cow story because when I was in India, I was in an intersection and it was like a, you know, four lane intersection, you know, every direction, four lanes of cars. And as you're saying, there's no stop sign, no stop light, there's no anything. Just people going through this intersection. And I'm looking at the thing that I need to get. I need to get across the street. It's eight lanes of highway. Highway. It's like crossing the freeway. Just imagine trying to cross eight lanes of highway freeway here in America. Cars whizzing by like that. And uh, there's absolutely no way I'm going to get across this. Like, there's, like, I'm stuck here. I need to get across, but there's no way. So I'm looking down and I'm like, oh, well, this sucks. I'm going to have to go all the way down this way. Do this thing. Cut across. There's a fence i'm gonna have to hop just it's looking like a big problem boom this big brahma bull shows up big white brahma bull nandine from shiva i'm like oh nandine oh here you are and this bull sat there on the sidewalk looked at me looked at the street and then started walking across it and i went 
cows are sacred in India. I'm going to just be Shiva and walk with my bull. So I started, I was on the other side of this bull. I just started walking across the street, just going slow, didn't stop for anything. And I was blocked by it. So it was on the left-hand side of me. So any cars that would have hit me or whatever would have hit the bull first. And then I probably would have been killed because I would have been hit by a bull. But it just slowly walked across the street and all the Indian people stopped. But the greatest thing was when they'd stop, their mouth was gaped wide open because they were like, what is this man with the long dreadlocks walking with Nandine? Because I had long dreadlocks <laughs> at the time and it was just like it was total Shiva, Nandine, like here we are, we're crossing the street, sacred cow, don't touch me. And I got across literally eight lanes of hmm. highway. Thank goodness for that cow. And it was amazing. Yeah. And then we got to the other end. I was like, put my hand on. I'm like, thank you very much. And he went north and I went east. It was just one of those little mm-hmm. moments of like, oh, wow. Nothing could be more perfect. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, Big O, you got some chocolate? Hit me up with that. Chocolate peanut butter. Bro, chocolate peanut butter, yo. You don't even know. This is, this is like. Oh, damn. I know what this is. I'm super excited to be here on the show. It's great to have you here, Seamus. Yeah. It is. Let's start the interview. Yeah. You want to start the interview? Mm-hmm. Let's start the yeah. interview with this. Ready? We're going to start now. It's super nice to be back here on the show. I'm really excited about that. Um, Satch, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this, but Carlos knows this. Uh, many times that when you get escorted out of a building, they mm-hmm. don't let you come back. Mm-hmm. So here I am back. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Thank you, Tina. <laughs> there are very few people who are worthy of a second interview. Mm-hmm. You are definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You are here. There are countless stories, countless awesomeness that can be shared. I can say it again. Worthy of being shared. I'll say it once, but I'll say it twice. I can go all night. (laughs) (laughs) All you ladies out there, take heed. (laughs) Take heed. So, yeah. It's great. What else are we doing? Yeah. You guys want to go to Mexico right now? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to Mexico. You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Very special thanks to our guest, the lion himself, Seamus Warnock. My name is Oliver Altine. I produce the show. I also wrote our theme song, which you're listening to right now. Please subscribe to The Authenticity Show if you haven't already done so, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on social media, and our website is authenticityshow.com. Thanks for listening and have an authentic day.